so not right in so many ways, I tell you, I tell you. Uh, good morning, uh, New City Church. How are we doing today? Dude, you guys are kind of feisty this morning, and I kind of dig it. You're like, I got up for the Chiefs or something like that, right? And I'm like, all right, preacher, man, let's wrap this bad boy up. We got a noon game. Hey, I'm with you, man. I'm going to go watch it, too. So let's do it. Uh, I want to uh, introduce you. Many of you guys heard about we're praying for Mike and Amy Francis. Amy Francis is going to say a few words about something really cool that uh, has happened recently. So if you come up, don't fall. You never got to, man. We're, we're, you're my sister. I'm supposed to give you a hard time. Don't hit the left shoulder. All right. Get, go get him, Tiger. <laughs> okay. As many of you know, a couple weeks ago, the doctor told me that I had a mass on my brain. I went and seen the neurologist on the 20th. It is not a mass. There is a spot there. But it is very common, and the doctor is not worried about it at all. As for my fall a couple of weeks ago, I do apologize for scaring everybody. They're still not sure why it happened. Um, I dislocated my shoulder. A special thank you to Jacob Knight for coming to my rescue. Um, he came out at just the right time and was able to get me help. And then Pastor Casey, unbeknownst to him, popped my shoulder back into place. I was like, hey, Slayer. <laughs> so as for now, the doctors are treating my headaches and doing some tests, and we're going to find out what's going on. But I want to thank everybody for all your prayer, all your love, and all your support. I couldn't have got through this without God and without you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. And, uh, you know, part of what, uh, what we do, you know, we are a, a, a church that is a church family, so that is my sister. I will give her a hard time. I'm like, hey, did you fall today or something? No, it's not like that. But, but seriously, it's really awesome what God did. And, uh, um, man, I love that. I love that because that was kind of a scary couple of weeks when you're like, oh, what is this in my brain and that kind of thing, too. And the doctor's like, I ain't nothing to worry about. It's cool. Very cool. Go God, uh, as he does all the time. Uh, before I get started, my name is Casey. I'm one of the uh, pastors serving alongside many of you that are doing so many things and, and giving of your, your time, talent, finances, resources, you name it, to, uh, to further the kingdom of God through the church here in Edgerton. And I thank you guys very much for it. But I do want to talk about an elephant in the room that um, everybody has been kind of talking about. And, um, you know, I'm getting some uh, kind of weird looks today. Uh, so let me just address this right now. This is not a Broncos jersey. I want you to know I would never defile the house of the Lord that way. Okay? Uh, my wife did that about three years ago, three or four years ago when she was a big Peyton Manning fan. She literally wore a Peyton Manning jersey, Broncos jersey in here. I thought we were going to get run out of town. People were like, get out of here, man. What are you doing? Like, this is an official 1994 Bourbon Bowl Bobby Boucher from the Waterboy jersey, okay? And this is, like, like seriously, it is, it's legit, it's legit, right? It's legit, right, right? And so, what's that? I should have, man. That would have been awesome. I should have read a lot more. That would be fantastic. So, yeah, right? And so, now, truly, what's that? 
but, 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 my mama, but my mama said, right, you, you guys got this, man. You guys got You're with me now. So now I'm one of you again, okay? All right, we're all, we're all part of the same family. It's real cool. It's good. But, no, it's, it's wonderful, man. Like, that is, a, that is one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, that, that is science. I've done the research, so uh, trust the science on that. Uh, but, you know, we are, we are uh, in this thing called Rivals, right? And so uh, it is an interesting dynamic when you start looking at, uh, man, Broncos and Chiefs. Chiefs, of course, but, you know, I, I just wanted, to, wanted to, uh, to make sure everybody knew that. Uh, also, if you, if you think I'm winking at you today, I, got, so I, was doing, I was at work the other day and I'm putting in some ceiling tiles for uh, uh, somebody that, you know, uh, one of my clients and everything, and I, and, I, and I got something in my eye. I had to go to urgent care last night. They put something in it and dug way down in, in, my, in my eye. It was awesome. He goes, you might feel a little discomfort. I'm like, oh, man, you're touching my sinuses, bro. But, um, but because I, we are part of a church family, I got some of these today. That day, hey, just in case you ever need, these are for your eyes. And I'm like, you guys are treating me like family. This is awesome. Um, but it was kind of cool. I got no sympathy from anybody today. But if it looks like I'm crying or winking at you, uh, I might be crying or winking at you. But I'm also got an issue with my eyes. So uh, I'm not trying to give the evil eye to anybody, right? But I do want to tear with you guys, man. This is, a, this is an important piece of what, what we do. It is, it is fun to be a part of a family. It is fun to have sibling or even sibling rivalry and that kind of thing, too. But ultimately what we're talking, to, talking about in the book of James is this rivalry that we have with, with, with us naturally and God's supernatural desire for our lives. It's me versus God basically, right? And we're, we're doing what we can to reach the lost. That's what we want to do. We want to make sure we're doing what, all, all that kind of stuff, right? This is what God has said for us to do. This is what he's emphasizes, uh, emphasized for us, especially this year. But when we reach the lost and they come in to understand who God is, a lot of times people are lied to. Not intentionally, but they're lied to. They're said something along the lines of, hey, if you come to know Jesus, all your problems are going to go away. If you come to know Jesus, then you're going to, have, uh, you're going to overcome the addictions that you're suffering from. You're going to overcome this that you're suffering from. Now, I do think that only through God can you do that. Through Jesus can you do that and do that fully and do that well the right way. And when I say the right way, if somebody overcomes an addiction or something like that uh, and they do it in their own strength, that's possible. But if they still go to hell anyway, what difference does it make? Amen? I mean, we've got to be thinking about this eternally, right? And, and, and that kind of thing. It's good, but it's not good that they still uh, suffer destruction. And, 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 our, and we want to reach the lost because... Excuse me. Through Jesus and Jesus alone, are we able to to have salvation according to Jesus Himself? And by the way, I didn't come up with this. This is Jesus. Can I ask somebody to give me a, a little bit of water or something like that? Mouth wasn't dry at all until I started talking. You got to make me so nervous. But what we've been talking about is hearing and doing the Word of God. And according to James one, it's what we talked about last week and maturity and immaturity and. All those kind of things. And, and this week in James 2, we're going to be talking about mercy versus judgment. Old Testament even, man. God says, I want your mercy, not your sacrifice. Oh, is that purified? I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't care. Is this spring water? It better be. 
What's that? Bathroom water. Bathroom water, yeah. Usually I have a headset. Now I got no place. To, what do I do with this now? Uh, all right. What's that? That'll work. I just throw it in the in the baptism. All right. Hold on. You guys, you, you knew I wasn't professional when you hired me. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> thank you very much. This week we're talking about mercy versus uh, judgment, and and we're talking about judgment. This is a really, really difficult thing to address. It sounds obvious from the from the from the 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 outside looking in. Well, of course you're not supposed to judge people, right? Yet we're supposed to have good judgment. It, poor judgment is not a good thing. Uh, when somebody says something along the lines of, uh, you know, judge not according to what Jesus said, and he did, judge not lest ye be judged. And then usually it's somebody trying to make an excuse for themselves to be able to do whatever they want, right? Uh, this isn't talking about, hey, having bad discernment. We're talking about pre-judging someone. And, and by the way, being like prejudice means pre-judging. And so, like, when we're looking at this idea and, and having a, a prejudice against, towards some, uh, against someone uh, based on their socioeconomic status, based on their race, best, based on their political affiliation, uh-oh, I just hit a nerve because that's kind of my little trigger, if you will. Uh, if somebody disagrees with me politically, what I am learning and still trying to learn is that, yes, they disagree with me <clears throat> politically, excuse me. Yes, I disagree with me politically, and they have every right to be wrong. But I got no right to be mad, no right to hate, no right to judge, no right to judge their motives. I don't know that person like based on their political like if I look at somebody and their socioeconomic status is poor, I have no right to say they're poor because it didn't work. I also have no right to say if somebody's rich, well, they just got rich because they're just a fat cat taking advantage of people. I mean, it goes both ways. Amen? And, and so what we've got to understand is that this prejudice or, or prejudging is what, what we're talking about here, that based on someone's outward appearance, whether they're blue-collar, white-collar, whether they're professional executive or, or working class, uh, whether they're rich or poor, whether they're black, white, yellow, or red, like those are the things that ultimately the external appearance have nothing to do with someone's heart. It has nothing to do with who they actually are. And a lot of times we prejudge somebody based on all those things, guys, and it gets us in trouble all the time. That being said, many times if we have discernment from the Holy Spirit of God based on somebody, regardless of what their, their, their status is or the race is or, or anything else, man, many times we don't even know why we feel the way we do about somebody, but God gives us discernment. Good or bad. Man, I really like that person. I get good vibes from this person, right? This is, this is a balance and a check that we've got we to gotta have. Mercy versus judgment. Prejudice. Pre-judgment, right? But without the Holy Spirit, this is impossible to do God's way. Let me get into the scripture here with James and 
put my uh, goggles a little bit to the side so I can change some notes around here. And thank you, Lori, for teasing me with those goggles. That's awesome. James 2. Last week, again, we talked about hearing and doing, maturity and immaturity. Listen to what James is talking about. Remember, James is the brother of Jesus, <coughs> grew up with Jesus, and uh, and writes to the early church that has been persecuted greatly. So listen to what he says. My brothers, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For example, a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes. And a poor man dressed in dirty clothes also comes in. If you look with favor on the man wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here in a good place. And yet you say to the poor man, Stand over there, stand over there, or sit here on the floor by my foot by my footstool. Haven't you discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? This is important for us to understand. It's not just that you're using judgment, you're doing it with an evil motivation. Listen, my dear brothers, didn't God choose the poor in this world to be rich in faith and the heirs of the kingdom that he was promised to those who love him? Yet you dishonor that poor man. Yet don't the rich oppress you and drag you into the courts? This was an early church that was being persecuted mightily. A lot of times by the rich established people of the day. They were, they were, they were taking them into courts, right? And they were persecuting them, running them off, even killing them. Don't they blaspheme the noble name that was pronounced over you at your baptism? Indeed, if you keep the royal law prescribed in the scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. <coughs> Excuse me. Hold on. All right. Going to make it through here, guys. Is this pollen getting anybody else? Ragweed or whatever it is out there, I'll tell you what. Yeah. Some of you go, like, no, I'm fine. <coughs> For whoever keeps the entire law, yet fails in one point, is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. So if you do not commit adultery, but you do murder, you're a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who will be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who hasn't shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And all God's people said, Man, here's the deal. Jesus comes out in his first public ministry, Sermon on the Mount. I mean, just bang. Says things, weird things, right? Like, don't be anxious about anything. Uh, do not be afraid. You're literally thinking and lusting after somebody. It's a matter of the heart. He said, "Don't you're a murderer if you want somebody to die, whether you actually kill them or, or not. See? Everything that Jesus, everything that the Word, everything that God says for us, that commands us to do, goes against every natural impulse, desire, orientation, addiction that comes our way. That's crazy. Now you think about it, because I hear people say all the time, well, you can't, you can't help what comes natural. Uh, actually, if you have a supernatural God that is consuming you, you got no choice. Like, like you, got, you got this God who creates absolutely everything we see, 
creates you and me in his image for his glory, for his purpose, for his kingdom, and you somehow want to just submit to what comes naturally? No, nah, I don't think so. God's got something better for you. We naturally will stay here. God's like, hey, guys, I'm up here. And this is amazing. And it, and it forces us to go, okay, i got to think more like God's thoughts. This is what, what Scripture says. Man's thoughts are not God's thoughts. <clears throat> God's thoughts are higher than man's thoughts. And this is what's so incredible. What I see so many times in the church is that, is that and, and again, i got to be careful because this is the bride of Christ and this is the church and this, he's coming back for his bride and I don't want to talk smack on his bride. I, Mrs. Jesus, I love her. I want to serve her, right? But, but we've got to understand if we're not preparing ourselves for the return of the groom in the right way, we're going to get in a lot of trouble if we're not addressing some of those issues. And so if I see churches say, hey, I know it's natural and it's okay. Man, no. It's not. It, 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 if God says, I have this for you, and you say, yeah, but I really don't. I got something else for me. That's an act of rebellion. Amen. And so we've got to be thinking in those kind of terms. What does it look like to be having thoughts up here with God? See, Jesus even sent his guys by twos uh, out into the world and said, said you got to be balanced, right? He said you got to have, you got to be uh, as shrewd as serpents and gentle as doves. And what's amazing about this Jesus is that he was balanced in all kinds of ways. In fact, in John 1, it says that, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God, that Word became flesh, made His dwelling among us. So you're talking about the Word being Jesus, and He was full of two things, grace and truth. And so we've got to be balanced in the way we deal with things when it comes to judgment and discernment, things like that. Because you've got love, and then you've got fear. That's the opposite of that. When you look at the scriptures, it's, it's all over the place. When you're looking at being balanced, though, we've got to have love and discernment, sympathy and discernment, sympathy and proper judgment. Nothing prejudice or prejudging, but, but having a, a balance of, okay, guided by the Holy Spirit, I've got to have some, some balance of scales here. And it's the toughest thing to do in the world. Like, I think this, is, this right here is one of the hardest things to do when it comes to being a Christian. Because the whole world is against this, man. The whole world wants you to pick sides. And I'm not saying you don't need to pick sides. I'm just saying uh, when you are consumed with Jesus and you're guided by his word and guided by his truth and guided by his Holy Spirit, he'll pick the sides for you. Right? Discernment. Guidance, consumption of the of the Holy Spirit's awesome, right? And I've met a bunch of people over the years. If you, some of you guys know, one of the reasons I have stuff in my eyes, I have a I have clients that I do repairs for and houses and things like that. Been doing it in some form or fashion for the last twenty years. I absolutely love doing it. One of the reasons I love doing it is that Jesus made everything better where He went, and it's like a little piece of of Him. Like I can actually go in and make things better and then leave and make somebody enjoy their home a little bit more. It's kind of fun to me, right? 
But, but one of the things that I've noticed is over the last 20 years, I've probably, probably been in over 1,000 homes. And, and, and some of you, if you went through the relatives course with us a few months back, you've probably heard some of the story. But, but I've been in different places and different uh, uh, homes. And, and what I've found is that, that this whole prejudging Man, is, is, it really is, when you, when you see the actual evidence, prejudging is completely jacked up. And what I mean by that is I've gone into some very, very nice, beautiful addresses and homes, right? And I've gone into the place, and it's really messed up. I've gone into some real hard parts of town, like the deepest, darkest parts of town of Kansas City, whether it's northeast Kansas City or Midtown or you name it. And I've gone into some of these places, and it's like a really, really rough address, and you go into the place, and it's beautiful. And I'm not talking about just materially. I'm talking about there's a peace there, right? And the opposite is true. I've gone into some very wealthy homes, and the place is full of peace. I've gone into some very poor and, and rough parts of town and gone into some homes, and it's jacked up and messed up. I've, I literally w- have been into a place where this one woman was on welfare, had five kids, pregnant, obviously, with their sixth, smoking a blunt. And then I've been in places where you've got kids running around, like the whole place is messed up, and, and they're at a country club. Like, it's just, it's, it's wild. Like, you, you assume something before you, you drive by these houses and you go, man, that'd be nice, right? And you go in, you're like, man, this ain't nice. And then you go into some, you drive by other places, I'm like, I wouldn't want to live there. And you go in, and like, it's nice. It's, it's incredible. It's beautiful. And it's wonderful when you start looking at it from, from God's perspective. It changes you. Like, I cannot judge a book by its cover. Now, that being said, because a lot of you guys did that to me today. You assumed I had a Broncos jersey on. You judged a book by its cover. Proved you wrong, right? Amen? See how it works? This was all planned. Actually, it just all works out. But I've met different people. I've met black and white and red and yellow. I've met poor and rich and middle class. I've been, like I said, in over a thousand homes. And I'm t- like I'm telling you, I have like, literally walked into... One person's home when I was working in a roofing company. I don't think I shared this in the first service, but I was working with a roofing company, and it was during, the, I think, 2011, 2012. Judy and I were going to a church in Olathe. We had been there 13, 14 years, right, and before we got called to, to start this church. And, um, man, I walked in, and, you know, the lady that was there, she had a pretty deep voice, but I, didn't pay, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff, right? And... And so when I'm, just, you know, they're signing the contracts and everything like that and the insurance forms and all this kind of stuff and just gotten down off the roof. And, and I said, hey, you know, my, my church is right down the road because it happened to be right down the road. And uh, this person said, I don't think your church would accept me. Okay, why not? She goes, well, um, I used to be a man. telling you, I've met a bunch of people, right? I'm like, okay. And what's weird, and this is what this man told me, and he's still, he's still a man, right? He says, I was a man, 
I still love my wife. I'm still attracted to my wife, but I transitioned to be a woman. Now, what do you do? Like, like what do you do with that? This is a hard thing, right? Like, I'm, I'm looking at the cover. It looks like a lady, but it's a dude, according to this guy who said he wanted to be a lady, but still was attracted to ladies. I had never experienced that before. And, you know, it's, it's a strange dynamic. But at the same time, I feel compassion. I know what, the, what, what's, you know, what this person is going through is not, not the call of God. Natural desires can't, can't, like, God's desire for this person can't outweigh that person's natural desires. I get that. And at the same time, I can't judge same time, I can't look at you. Man, man, you're messed up. Man, how dare you do that? You know God's got some. You know Jesus said, right? I could go down that road. Or I could say, why do you think our church would not accept you? It's, well, because of my orientation and the fact that I'm a man but don't want to be. And he goes, how would your church accept me? I said, well, here's the deal. I cannot, ex- I cannot speak for everybody in my church. That everybody's just going to come up to you and say, this is great. Okay, I'm not going to say that, but here's the deal. We will love you. You will sit with my family. You can, you can uh, like, we can go to lunch afterwards, that kind of thing too. And at the same time, I'm going to be strong enough with you to tell you the truth of God. Is that fair? He's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Never came to church with me. But grace, truth, I've not done this well all the time. But there are some times where God, I think, just intervenes and says, have some compassion, bro. Have some mercy. I know what you're thinking. This isn't of you, God. And I'm not saying, yay, it's okay. And at the same time, he's like, show love. Show compassion. A guy walks in here in a dress. Guys, we've got to be able to show the love and the mercy that God showed. You don't think Jesus ran into all kinds of people? There's nothing new under the sun, right? And because Jesus was tempted in every way, and is still without sin. He's the only one that says has the, has the capability, and he still shows us amazing, beautiful grace and mercy. He even calls us and says, hey, you know, you're going to be judging angels. So judgment, in a lot of ways, is not a bad thing. It's the motivation. It's the heart behind it. And a few years back, actually this thing is... Uh, Middle of 2020, right in the middle of all the race riots, right in the middle of all the crazy COVID stuff, and Black Lives Matter was just like the, like it just was it was it was sometimes hard to go into these neighborhoods and be able to do work there because I mean not that I was scared, but man, you'd get some suspicious looks and you'd look you're like, hey man, what are you doing? And that kind of thing, too. And, you know, honestly, you had to learn to navigate a little bit. Hey, what's up, boss? How you doing, man? Blessings and everything. You know, like, 
Like, and, and nobody in the, like, whenever I go to somebody's house, unless they know me already, they don't know I'm a pastor, and I don't tell them. Because I don't want this weird, sometimes when you tell somebody you're a pastor, um, man, it, it, they'll, they'll either stop cussing or stop drinking or put away their cigarette or whatever. Or they'll turn it up and make it, like, see what you're going to do type of thing. Like, man, just be you. So you go into somebody's house, right, and you, you share the love of God with them. And if they're near one of our churches, I'm like, oh, I got a buddy of mine that has a church down here if you guys are looking, right? And people actually sometimes go. It's weird. But I remember going to this one lady's house, and it was in the middle of all this. You remember a couple of years ago. I don't have to remind you. But I go to her house. She's an African-American woman. She comes to the door. I knock on the door. She goes, yeah, I can help you. I'm like, uh, I'm Casey. I'm, you know, mention my client's name, and they're the property manager for her house. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm here to, to clean gutters. And she said, okay, do what you got to do. I said, well, I've just got a couple of questions. You mentioned there was particular places where you needed me to concentrate. I was just trying to see where she slams the door, comes outside the garage door and everything like that. And she goes, you can see for yourself. She's really rude. I mean, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm going, hey, I'm. You know, I know it's a tense time, right? And I know it's a tense, kind of one of those, one of those deals. And and she's 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 telling me, um, you know, showing me where the gutters are and everything like that. What's cool is, she happened to have a scripture from the book of James on her shirt, which we happen to be going through now. Oh, that's a sister who doesn't trust me yet, right? And so I asked her, where, where do you go to church? How do you know I go to church? You got scripture on your shirt. Oh. <laughs> She's like, shoot. <laughs> you know, which is one of the reasons I don't have a Jesus fish on my car. I'm just telling you, right? I just, I, you know, just like I don't want anybody to go, oh, there we go. Cut me off. And he's going to church, right? I get it, man. Not ashamed of Jesus. I just, you know. There's, driving is not my strong suit, I guess. Amen. Cutting, wait a minute. If anybody ever ridden with me, you know. Hey, but I tell you what, when somebody drives with me, man, they get closer to Jesus real quick. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic, man. Fantastic. It's a ministry for me, man. It's a ministry. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're ready to go to see Jesus. Right? I got to get ready now. Hey, man, that's why God invented cars. If you wanted to, you know, I mean, just go, right? So how you know I go to church? I said, well, you got scripture on your church. And she tells me the name of the church, and I know the pastor. I know the pastor. And I said, oh, man, Pastor Brooks, I know that guy. She goes, you know him? I'm like, yeah. In fact, I started looking at her. I said, I think I know this lady. Like, I've seen her somewhere before. And I said, do you think that... My church and your church maybe did some stuff together. Because you look really familiar. She goes, now that I look at you, you look familiar too. So it looks like we ran across each other somewhere, somehow, at some church function, right? And now we got a bond, right? Now this, all this prejudice, her end, my end, all this kind of stuff. Now we got this bond. And she starts talking to me about her church. She starts talking to me about the things that are going on in her neighborhood. And she goes, do you... Do you understand the, the things that we have to go through? I'm like, no, I don't. I, I can't. I, I mean, I, I, I would love to be able to say, oh, yeah, I completely understand. I don't. I don't have any. 
understanding of that. Have you ever been pulled over because of the color of your skin? No, but I didn't match a description you know, one time, and that was kind of a weird day. I'll explain that one later. People are like, ooh. It was my truck, actually, that I was driving. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you truck matched a description of somebody that's doing some bad stuff. But no, not because of the color of my skin. I, I honestly, I have never had that happen. She goes, you don't understand what's going on in this neighborhood. I said, no, I, I, I don't. I don't live here. You're right. And she said, do black lives matter to you? That's the question, right? Everybody get that question? Remember those questions that were kept popping out? People were like, you, you won't even say it, right? Or some people will say things, well, you know, I, 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 Black Lives Matter, I agree with that, but I disagree with the organization, and you hear all that kind of stuff, right? Or you have somebody will try to say, well, all lives matter. And we get into this hand-to-hand combat almost. It's weird, right? Let me, let me, let me just explain this whole thing. Because this is what I, what I share with her. Here's my answer to her. And if you were in a relatives course, you, you heard this. She said, do black lives matter? And I said, at least. Oh, you love Jesus. I love Jesus, right? And I'm thinking about how, how God in the beginning created everything we see. And, and I'm, not tre- I'm not preaching to her. I'm just, just having a conversation, right? And I said, you know, think about it. He created the heaven, the moon, the stars, the planets, the mountains, the sunrises, everything we see in the heavens to the most minute particle we can think of. And, and I imagine the heavenly hosts are looking around going, "Woo, God, that's beautiful. Look, the first day, wow. Second day, oh, my gosh, it's getting better and better and better and better, right? And then, and then you and I are made. And we're made in his image with fear and trembling, with majesty and awe. And I imagine, it's not written down in Scripture this way, but I imagine the heavenly host, after going, woo, God, that looks awesome, have this collective gasp when we're made. And they say, God, that looks like you. And we're made for his purpose in his image. When, when we breathe our first breath, he is breathing it in force. Like, like you think about that. You think about the fact that you're created and I'm created. And, and he's saying, I've got something special for you. You are my child. And then suddenly we want to say, all we do is matter. And I think to say that you matter or I matter or all lives matter or black lives matter or blue lives matter, it, de- it, de- it demeans the creation of God. And it seems like we're fighting for the scraps at the bottom of the dumpster and God's going, hey, I got a buffet for everybody up here. And she's like, I never thought about it like that. I said, it does. We do matter. But so much more than that, right? That's like the, the baseline of God's creation. It's like, yeah, you exist, right? It's going to be every tribe, every nation. It's going to be in heaven, right? If you're reading the book of Revelation, that's, what's, that's what happens.
And God's got something special for us, man. Great, great feast. I imagine there's going to be go chicken, go gizzards on there. Whew. Let's go. But when we say all we do is matter, we're just fighting for the scraps that are rotten at the dump, bottom of the dumpster. And God's got something bigger and better for us. Amen. What's cool is, I haven't been to her house in a while, but, but she said, if I ever have anything else broke, can I ask for you? I'm like, yeah. Absolutely you can, right? See, when we have this collective thought process that God is with us for us and has created us and he's up here and we're with him in that, Jesus is like, I will sit you on my throne with me. It's crazy, man. We can all be together in that or we can fight for credibility here on earth. I'm just, I'm choosing, I'm challenging us to choose the higher plane. Amen? And this is the hard part. When we have this discernment and we're not supposed to be prejudiced, there's this, these scriptures that keep coming to mind. That's why you can't just read one scripture and forget all the others, right? Because it's all in context of all the other scriptures. Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and I'll, I'll be finishing up here. 2 Thessalonians 3.10, he says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother who walks irresponsibly, and not according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you must imitate us. We were not irresponsible among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and struggled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It is not that we don't want you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. And all God's people said. Guys, there's a balance here, right? we got to stop getting in God's way when God's trying to bring somebody through something. And at the same time, if God says to get in, like, like help somebody who's going through a situation and going through a struggle, do it, right? But it's a matter of God's heart in us versus my personal preference and desires and dealings with, with others. The outside appearance, although maybe a symptom of what's going on on the inside, it's not always the case. Bottom line, we must not assume that somebody is in the situation, whether it's a nice situation or a rough situation because of what they've done. We must use proper discernment a balance of this grace and truth, a balance of this, yes, proper judgment, but also this love and mercy that we, that we have. And ultimately, we got to love as God loves. It's like what Paul said and what Jesus said is that the greatest of all the, all the commands is to love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And if we're doing that, we're going to have this proper discernment and judgment the way God wants. Amen. So here's my challenge to you this week is find a time. Invite somebody, whether in your home, invite them to coffee, invite them to lunch, share a meal, share a coffee, do something with somebody that doesn't think or act like you. Some people are like, I don't know anybody that didn't think or act like me. 
Find somebody. Maybe that's your challenge. Make friends with somebody that's totally different than you. See what happens. Man, I think sometimes people look at me like, oh, I don't know about that, right? Because I'm supposed to hang around with, with Christians. We're supposed to we're supposed to love, right, and reach the lost. And it may not even be somebody who's lost. It might just be somebody who's saved and has a different political opinion. And you, ooh, ooh, how's that possible? That'd be weird. But think about it. Reach out to somebody who doesn't think or act like you. Father, we love you. As we start a final time of worship and, and communion together, may we understand that this is a representation of what you have available for each and every one of us. It's important that we um, were to understand that we're never done and we never fully understand you, but you've invited us to understand you more and more every day. We ask that you give us discernment. We ask that you give us proper mercy and just completely guided by your love. May we not be afraid to reach other people that don't look, act, think like us. Because that's the way it's going to be with you. We better, we might want to get, get used to it now. So we love you and we thank you for the opportunity that we have to reach others for you. It is in your son Jesus' name that we pray. With some enthusiasm, everybody online said and everybody in here said, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us?